Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, uh, we are going to be talking today about Season 5, Episode 9 um, of 7th Heaven. The title is Tunes, or in Germany, the title is False Tones. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is... Robbie and Cheryl ask Eric to marry them because of her pregnancy... He smells a rat and learns just in time that she intended to trick Robbie, who is grateful to escape a loveless marriage and offers to stay away from Mary. Lonely Simon has joined Punk Norton's schoolmate's gang. Lucy, who is lightly butt-slapped, and the Camden parents make huge scenes over inappropriate remarks from some of the knaves, treating Simon as if he hates women. Matt tries to help both sides understand, but fails. Yet a real incident shows Simon's truly good nature— Matt can go for Priscilla after hearing from Heather she's dating another already. Matt's not going for Priscilla. I know. What the fuck? I'm sorry. That's I, wrong. I, I love these. <laughs> so what was your first impression of this episode? I was really shocked that this was such a good episode. Um, I think... I said, I mentioned this while I was watching it. Um, I think they conflated two issues that I didn't think that they should be conflating with, um, I guess, like, talking about music lyrics and how um, rap music in particular is quite, quite violent and then connecting that to, um, like, misogyny and then and sexism and, uh, like, violence towards women. Um, but, wow, so many great... Scenes, moments, moments. And scenes and just I just it was I don't know I think like there were moments where I was like I don't agree with any of this but then I'll, like overall this was one of the very good it was a very good episode yeah for me okay so I guess we'll start with the cold open which, which delivers scenes right away yeah, uh, so John and Matt are talking, they're standing outside of their apartment building, and they're talking about going for a ride, and Matt is like, I have to stay here and study, but John sees through it, and he's like, oh, you want to wait for Heather, and we learn that Heather has left Matt some sort of note that she wants to tell him something, um, that's all we really get, but then they get in the car anyway and go for a drive, because John's uncle has loaned him, like, this very old, like, an old convertible ca- like I think it's, it's a Cadillac, Cadillac. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say it's like it looks like it's a Cadillac so <laughs> so John sits in the back and Matt drives it's an in replica of the cover of the album Riding with the King which is Eric Clapton and B.B. King right so um and they're just driving around having a blast smiling at each other Matt's uh hair bead is back uh there's two of them now yeah. t- I feel like there's two hair beads we don't know what's going on um, with that. Have, yeah, we don't have, I don't have any idea. Um, yeah, so they're listening to the Riding with the King album when they come across some other music playing from a street corner from a boombox, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, white teeny boppers, <laughs> um, like, surrounding the boombox, and for some reason, Matt is, like... Able to immediately recognize that one of them is Simon. Right. Um, and he gets out of the car and he pulls Simon aside and he's like, what are you doing? Like, since when do you hang out with these people? Because like all of the kids are dressed like little gangsters, I guess. Um, or what is like stereotypically yeah. typically seen as 
that. Um, and Matt also says something like, um, why, and since when do you listen to this type of music? And Simon's like, it's called rap. And then turns to John. Because, <laughs> like, like, oh, John's black, so he must know what this is. Um, and John's like, don't talk to him. Like, don't include me in this because... Well, this John's is, like, that's not rap. Right. Yeah. He's like, that, this is actually an insult to, to rap, if you call it that. Um, and Matt's like, get in the car. Like, stop hanging out with these people. Why are, you, why are you doing this? And Simon's like, you're not in charge of me. You can't tell me what to do, basically. And that's... Yeah. Like, uh, that's the cold open. Um, uh, so what we're going to do is something a little different here, just because so much of... <laughs> so much happens. Yeah, so much happens. But also, um, I think, like, the main storyline, obviously, is Simon's. But Simon's intersects so much with everybody else's that we're going to... Take care of the stuff that happens with them that isn't part of Simon's storyline, and then... Tie it all together at the end, as as it pertains to Simon. New format <laughs> for an episode. So one time only. Anyway, um, the first storyline we're going to talk about though doesn't really intersect with Simon's. Um, I mean, it sort of does, um, and it is that the, we see the Rev. I think the first scene we really get with the storyline is the Rev is at his office, and Robbie and his girlfriend, whose name we just learned now, Cheryl. I don't think they've said it before. Uh, come into the office and they ask the Rev to marry them. Um, Just like to say that this ties in, before we continue with the storyline, that this is also the first time that, um, I don't know how to say his last name, Adam... Livornia? Livornia uh, appears in the the opening credits. So after um, Chaz Lamar Shepard... As John, it's now Adam Lavornia as Robbie. Robbie. Um, So Robbie is now a series regular. Yeah. (laughs) So we see a little bit of this conversation where the Rev is like, why are you in such a rush to get... Like, we get the idea they want to get married right away. He's like, is there something going on? Why are you in a rush? We learn that Robbie has... Cheryl has an apartment, and Robbie basically has nowhere to live because his mother moved to Florida. Um... And, like, apparently their house was foreclosed on. So um, the Rev thinks, like, that that might be the motive. Um, and at this point, they are at the house. And in between, before this conversation really takes place, Annie and the Rev both speculate that, oh, Cheryl might be pregnant. But um, Annie also gets at the fact that she's like, oh, well, you're not going to let... Uh, Robbie go and marry Cheryl just because you don't want him to like pursue Mary anymore. For some reason, that's like the Camdens think that like the well, everyone thinks that this is the Rev's grand plan to get Robbie <laughs> to, away from yeah, Mary. Yeah, to get Robbie ma- married. But then back in the con- conversation with the Rev, we do find out that well, Sher- Robbie says like, "Oh, we're gonna have a baby." Um, I also want to mention, just piggybacking off of what you're saying, in the, in the conversation between Annie and the Rev, Annie's very much like, how can you let, like, anyone marry Robbie? Because Robbie doesn't respect women at all. Like, there there's this, like, underto- undertone of that going on, which I think comes back in the It all comes from, yeah, yeah, that all kind of stems from Simon's storyline, too. So, um... The next thing that really happens is Cheryl comes up to the to the house again, but this time by herself. 
and she tells the Rev that she's not pregnant, but she wants him to keep lying to Robbie so that Robbie will marry her because she was like, it's the only way that he'll marry me. And also, she's like, and also this will this will make sure that like he stays away from your daughter because he loves your daughter and he thinks you're meant to they're meant to be. So Cheryl is a sociopath. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so every, but and this is why I brought the, up the Annie thing. There's like because Annie's whole thing was, oh, Robbie doesn't respect women, which obviously he doesn't. But that's why, like, you should keep Cheryl away from him. But honestly, you should keep Robbie away from Cheryl also. Right. They're They're just, this is toxic. Yeah, they're just not good people. Yeah. Um, This ends with, like, I guess a heart-to-heart at the end. Yeah, we don't ever see Robbie, like, the Rev is like, I can't not tell, like, well, he doesn't say this to Cheryl, but obviously that's insane, and he needs to tell Robbie that she's just lying to him to get married. Um, and we find out that Ravi was tricked into having sex with Cheryl because she said she had some sort of female problem that would only clear up if she had sex. So I guess maybe she was talking about, like, her period. That's like, it'll clear up if she gets pregnant. But what, but which basically, like, underlies the fact that Ravi is not in any, um, position to be having sex, according to the Rev. Because he doesn't know how the female body works. That there's just like plunging that needs to be like taken <laughs> care of or something. God. <laughs> so in this conversation, basically, the Rev gives Robbie a bunch of like lessons about how you shouldn't have sex if you're not prepared to have a child. Um, it's not smart to have a child come into a home just because you couldn't refrain from having sex. Um, a bunch of things. Right, right. A lot of things were, like, just, like, a lesson on birth control would have also taken care of this conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is basically just a Kickstarter of the fact that, like, Robbie is probably going to be in their lives a lot more now. <laughs> Especially because they've established in this episode that Robbie does not have a place to live. Oh, oh, um, you caught that. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, and now he's, like, not going to marry Cheryl because she's crazy. Right, so he's probably not going to be able to live at Cheryl's either. So I feel like this is probably setting that up. We have what I... So I remember very little about my first watch of Seventh Heaven. Like, there's... I watched a few episodes here and there, but I do remember something happening with Robbie and Lucy for a hot second. So there is a scene where we see them, like, interacting for the first time ever. Well, we learn that Mary hasn't spoken to anyone in the family since uh, si- since she left. And Lucy is, like, taking it a little... She mentions it twice, how mm. she hasn't heard anything from Mary. So uh, she asks Robbie, like, oh, did you tell my sister that you're getting married? Blah, blah, blah. And they have, like, a moment where they linger. She's like, oh, that's... Because it's really, though, about Mary... Because she was like, oh, that's good that you were able to, like, get in touch with her. And we learned that, like... And and Robbie tells the Rev, like, she can't stay mad at you forever. She's eventually gonna, you know, want to talk to you guys. So, anyway, we learned... A little update on Mary, sort of. Um, but that's really it for the Rev storyline and, I guess, Robbie storyline in extension. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to some of the little bits of the other storylines that are taking place. Um so Matt spends a lot of the episode dealing with Simon, but other than that, he has pants. <laughs> um, yes. Um, okay. So a lot of things happen in this episode. The first thing is that the Rev calls himself the Pants Daddy. He show yeah. He shows up at Matt's door because Annie bought new pants for the whole family, and 
he he knocks on the door and then he does this voice. He's like, because Matt's like, who is it? He goes, Pants Daddy. <laughs> and then he says it again. He's like, it's Pants Daddy. So, Pants Daddy. Anyway, um, we learn that, like, I don't know, Annie, that they're like, oh, in case you ever want to go on a date and wear, like, real pants. So he, he spends the whole time, like, looking in the mirror, waiting for Heather, wearing these pants. Because, uh, as I said, he's waiting for Heather to come by to talk about the note. Um, so just dealing with the Heather portion of this, later on, Heather runs into John at the hospital and says, like, oh, I'm looking for Matt. Tell him I'll be by around 7. Um, I just want to say here that, like, Matt is very verbal about the fact that he doesn't want to get back together with Heather. He just wants to let her down easy. But I'm not actually sure. I don't think we're ever supposed to believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Heather does show up. She has a... There's a brief scene that intersects with Simon, but um, she basically tells Matt that she is seeing a professor at... At Crawford, the college that they go to. And then uh, Matt goes, is that ethical? Yeah. <laughs> and Heather answers, it's fun. <laughs> so. So we don't. <laughs> it might not be allowed. And she, but she does say, like, it's not a professor that she takes a class with. So. I don't. I still don't think. It's allowed. Yeah. yeah I don't. Actually, I'm not quite sure what the rules are, but. I don't know. Well, also, remember that Heather was also older than Matt, so she's, like, about to grad... Like, she's in her last year, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I said that whole thing about how she transferred so late in yeah, yeah. in her college career. So, like, maybe she's just like, oh, well, I'm never going to take a class with him, and once I graduate, it's fine. So, it's fun. Um, so, now Matt is free to pursue Priscilla, except that's not who he wants he to pursue. <laughs> Uh, he's still talking about the woman from the, in the wedding dress from last episode. The model. Yeah. So anyway, that's... Julia. Yeah, that's it for that, that part of the storyline. Um, so I guess we'll head now to... Ruthie and Lucy. Right. Who start... At the music store called Tunes. Um, something happens, but then afterwards, while they're buying their CDs, uh, they end up winning yeah, they free bought, tickets. Yeah, they bought, like, the millionth copy of the CD or something, so they get tickets to this, like, fake, like, Destiny's Child. It's called 39. 3LW. Right. They're, they're, TLC. The band is called 39, or maybe 39? It's three, I is think it it's 39. Three, it's three girls... That are in a girl band. It's like it's a, a pop group, yeah. It's very, like, very much exactly what you would imagine in 2000. Yeah. What a female so, pop group would be. So Ruthie's very excited. Uh, um, Lucy's never heard of them, but Ruthie has, so Ruthie's like, you have to take me. Um, and there's a brief scene uh, with Annie discuss where she kind of asks Lucy to clear the music and the lyrics uh, for her because this whole episode is kind of the undertone is about how, like like, uh, you said before, the rap music and kind of the undertones of music and how it kind of influences, I don't know, the the world, society. So uh, Lucy's like, no, it's all good. It's like just generic pop garbage. They talk um, about puppy love, but apparently it's actually about two dogs in love. Or a person. I thought it meant a person loving a dog. Oh, (laughs) so they're a furry. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So Annie's like, okay, if the crowd is rough, come home early. But it's like, so then comes the the time to go to the concert and and take it away. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So I just want to 
pre something this with the fact that this is just another example of like responsible Lucy as well. Like we keep on getting a bunch of I know. Yeah. This is really when it I think now that Mary's gone too, they really play it up and because she's like a senior in high school, I don't know. She's like the, she's the eldest now in the house and I think that they tried to obviously like Mary dropped the ball on that. Right, uh, on right, that. But right. she's taking on very much a role that, like, Matt had in, like, the first few seasons when he was still in the house. But so. better, somehow. Um, so I just want to set the scene for you a little bit here. So we're at the bottom of the staircase, waiting, like, around, like, the do- door. The front hall, door, The yeah. front door. And we have Lucy, who is basically completely covered up. So she's wearing, like, dark jeans, a black turtleneck, and then a dark, like, jean jacket over it. So, completely covered up. Then you have little Ruthie Camden (laughs) running down the stairs in her outfit, which is a mini skirt animal print. Basically, a bikini animal print with with Happy's dog, like, red dog collar on. (laughs) It was the fashion moment of the episode. You will 100% see this somewhere on our media. But... It was shocking. I was Your jaw left. dropped. Yes, my jaw dropped. It was dropped for, like, a very long time. I was completely... I was shooketh. <laughs> um, so, Lucy's like, you have to change. And Ruthie's like, absolutely not. And as that's happening, the Camerons turn the corner, and they are like, you have to change. <laughs> um... Ruthie is obstinate and does not want to and is just like, no, this is what everybody's going to be wearing at the concert. This is what the band wears. I I can't go, like, Lucy's going to look so foolish dressed like that. So, um, well, Ruthie's going to look so foolish, not Lucy. Yeah, no, she said, she she says to Lucy, like, you're going to be the only person dressed like that. Oh, okay, okay. I think, like, uh... They, like, have a back and forth where Ruthie gives Annie, like, a bit of attitude. But then Annie does this thing that she's been doing throughout the episode, which is, like, slapping her chest in, like, a... Like like, she's going to fight you? Like, come at me? Yeah, a show of dominance, kind of. And she does that to Ruthie, and Ruthie, like, runs away. And Lucy's like, let me handle this. I decided to be responsible for this evening with Ruthie, so let me take care of it. Although, what ends up happening is Annie ends up taking care of it anyway. (laughs) Because uh, well, that, that's really the next scene, right? Yeah, because Ruthie, yeah, so we, we get Lucy and Ruthie in Ruthie's room, and she's still in the animal print, and Annie comes up and gives this big, very long speech about how... Um, it, she's, she's too smart for this outfit. Right, but then she kind of turns it... So we obviously had a problem with that, yeah. but then she turns it into something that is kind of on point, yes. where she says that... You know, you should be able to wear whatever you want. In an, in an ideal world, you'd be able to walk down, like, a dark alley in a tube top and a miniskirt um, alone. But we're not in an ideal world, and um, there are a lot of men out there who will try to blame, like, who, if they harm you when you're dressed like that, will try to blame a whole host of things, such as, like, their animal instinct or, like, what you were wearing provoked them. So. Or what they saw on television or heard yeah. in a song. Um, so, yeah, it, it starts, like, uh, I completely agree with Aaron. It starts out, we were, like, kind of cringing because it was like, you know what, Ruthie, it's not that you shouldn't be wearing this because, like, 
it's a bad outfit, but you're just too smart for it. And we're like, uh. Especially because Ruthie's like, I'm trying to be sexy. And Annie's like, do you even know what that means? And Ruthie's like, uh. So, yeah, so she's like, you can't try to dress sexy if you don't even know what sexy means. So. I think at the end of it, Annie's just like, but then Annie kind of returns to her first argument, which is she goes, you should not try to mimic these pop stars. You should try to be you, be brave, be individual. So, again, this is, like, my main issue with this episode. It's, like, muddled again. Yeah, the message. Like, you're they're trying to talk about two different things at once when you could really just make the entire episode about, um, what, like, crimes against women, basically. And yeah. it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, we... Right. Hit and miss, hit and miss. So that's it. They, they don't end up going to the concert. We see them later in the scene where Lucy talks to Robbie. They come back. They went to go get burgers, and they sat in the car and ate and talked. So sister bonding. <laughs> yeah, especially because we, I mean, I guess we have to now because they're the only two girls left, but I feel like we haven't really had any Lucy-Ruthie stuff. Well, it's just also like Ruthie's so much younger than Mary and Lucy, so it's like right. not she's not really in the same age group. But it's exciting to see this kind of relationship butt out of what's happening yeah. on the show. So I think we've gotten everyone now. We can go to Simon. To Simon, right. So um, as we mentioned in the cold open, Simon's found a new group of friends. They they dress and they dress very much like... They're wearing like baggy pants. Right. Uh, like... Baggy sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts. They've got one of them has a bandana uh, on his head, but it's not like tied. Like I don't know what. I don't know. I I don't know how you would describe the way it, he it's he's wearing it and it's like really really thick and he's and his hair is all spiked up. And they look ridiculous, not because of what they're wearing, but because of who they are. Yes. Because <laughs> um, obviously, not, there's we're not going to say anything about like clothes here. In this sense, anyway. Um, but they also are all listening to rap music, which is, I guess, the first real time that we've had uh, the Camdens encounter. Rap? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing is that the CD or the music they're listening to is has, is never specified, nor do we ever get, like, a listen to it to see if it's anything that we know. But we think we're, I'm thinking that they're trying to, like, reference to whatever was, like, big at the time. I was trying to think, too, because they keep saying those guys. Um, and at first I was like, because they talk about how violent it is, and I was like, oh, when did, like, um, what's it, the Marshall Mathers LP? Whatever uh, Kim was on. Oh, right, um, for Eminem. Because, yeah. Because so, I was thinking, I was like, that's, like, the most egregious, like, uh, song about, like, hurting women. Um, but uh, I thought it was. they uh, kept saying, like, those guys. So I was like, are they trying to go for, like, a... Is it like a group that they're trying to? Like, what's the What's the band that like Dr. Dre and NWA? NWA, right? I thought they were talking about NWA, but this was too late for NWA, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, and NWA was over. So because I feel like NWA like had every all the things that there were like millions of copies were sold. Da 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 da. Like they bring people together, all this stuff. I thought like that's what they were referencing, but again, it's it's the year two thousand. NWA was like. Yeah, the earlier 90s. Yeah, exactly. So, so we have no idea what exact if they're referencing a specific group or person in particular, but it's very much like the phenomena of like the late 90s, early 2000s, and what rap music was then. Um, so this is the group that Simon's in now. Um, so anyway, like we said, his storyline kind of, well, it starts with Matt yelling at him, but then 
later on, we kind of pick up when Lucy and Ruthie are at the, um, the tunes to, at tunes. The, the, I want to call it the record shop, but that's, um, it's like their local FYE. Yeah. So they're at tunes and, um, the lead, um, guy in this group whose Norton. name is Norton comes up to Lucy and he says that you look like you could use a man. And then it's bleeped out, but he calls her a bitch. Yeah. Um, and Ruthie is like, he just called you a bad word. And then, uh, Lucy's like looking at the store clerk and she's like, are you going to do anything? Well, actually this happens after then Norton leaves. And as he's leaving, he slaps her on the ass. Um, and then Lucy is like just disgusted and upset that nobody is like saying anything to this little punk. The store clerk is like, it doesn't look like you you were hurt. And she's like, I was hurt. And like, you looked like if he made it seem like Lucy was enjoying it or something. Which I was like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. seriously? Um, so I, th- I think at this point in the conversation, this is when Lucy also ca- tells Ruthie that this guy's a pimp. And she explains that a pimp is a guy who hates women. Um, so as so they exit the store and they see Simon with Norton. And up until this point, they didn't know that Simon was hanging out with him. Um, so Lucy confronts Simon and is like, are you going to say anything to like that kid? Uh, he slapped my ass. Um, he called me a bitch. Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, it doesn't look like he... Did he hurt you? Yeah. Uh, is the, the thing they go back to, and she's like, yes, my, like, I was humiliated. Like, my dignity has been harmed. Lucy says some really good words here. She says, I don't, like, I, we're, I'm not a person that's just here for, like, men to treat me as a trash can or to, like, have their filthy thoughts about me. I'm a person, too. And she said even more than that. She's like, I'm your sister, yeah. so... You should do something about it. But Simon doesn't seem to grasp the fact that, like, the things that were done to his sister were wrong. As being, yeah. So he's like, oh, no, that's not cool. I'm not going to do that. He's just joking around. You don't You don't understand. Uh, and then... This is when Annie shows up. Annie comes down the street. And I don't really understand why, but nor- these, like, 14-year-old boys go up to Annie... And one of them was like, oh, this is your mother. I see the resemblance, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was Norton. It was Norton that said that. One of them called her, him, like, mama. Hey, mama. I'm like, ugh. Um, so um, Annie does not take kindly to this, and she kind of shoots right back at them about how she brought seven kids into this world, and she could take one out. <laughs> and the guy, then the guy, like, turns around and starts threatening Annie as well. He's like, well... I need to. I need to show you how to show me some respect. Yeah, he's like, you don't belong in the streets because you don't respect me. And <laughs> and this is when Annie does her first chest clap thing. She does it twice here. Yeah. it's like a double chest bump. I don't know. And they all run away except for Simon, obviously. Um, we have them next in the kitchen where I guess the Rev and Annie are talking to Simon about. What is happening? What's wrong with his behavior? Yeah, because he's not really getting it. Um, the Rev makes a, a comment here, which again, this is where we get like where the storyline is very much. It hits really good at some points, but then misses completely at others because the Rev, like again, for some reason, the Rev is the pants daddy, so he cares about everybody's <laughs> pants. It's like, what? When did you start wearing your pants like that? And he's like, oh, they're Matt's old pants that I'm restyled. And the rev's like, you know where that style is? Baggy pants started? Prison. And that's where you're going to end up because you're wearing your pants like they do in prison. Because they just arrest you if they see you with baggy pants on. 
Well, that's if you are a person of color. Yeah. Boom. Well. And he's not. He's white. Simon's in luck then, I guess. <laughs> um. So the rep tries to explain that, like, this. I mean, he makes a bunch of good points about how um, this is not how you should be treating women. That because uh, Simon's whole thing is. Oh, I think you're being too like old. Like you're thinking you're being too conservative. Right. He says that because um, the rev is like you let this guy call your sister a bitch, and he's like, well, that word isn't as bad as it was when you were growing up. Now it's just kind of like it's everywhere. They say it on TV. They say it in movies. They say it in music. So it's like lost its sting. And the rev is like, it doesn't. No, it it doesn't lose any. Like he's not. Yeah. The, like Simon is understanding it. At all, um, do you? I, I don't. I don't remember anything else from this conversation. No, that's about it. Um, uh, this and this kind of just keeps happening over and over again. Um, so I would say the next thing I was going to bring up John's interaction yeah, with the doctor next because John. Yeah. Um, so this isn't exactly Simon's storyline, but it's all tied together. Yeah. Um, so as we know that John is kind of like the guy who plays the music everywhere in the hospital. So. Um, a doctor who is going to be, like, operating the next day gives him a CD and is like, oh, I want this for, like, the 7 a.m. surgery tomorrow morning. And John refuses to play it because it is this CD that they keep talking about, you know, the millions of copies sold, violent uh, yeah, CD. Yeah, I guess, like, the lyrics have a lot of violence towards women and it's, like, had instances. John brings up something about later on in the episode, I'll just mention it now, about an incident incident in Central Park where somebody videotaped, like, a group of men being, I guess, beating, beating women, women or something. Yeah. I don't remember this incident in real life. But I'm sure it happened. I'm def- obviously. <laughs> but, like, um, I guess it, w- it inspired Brenda Hampton enough to write this episode. Yeah. Um, so, anyway... This conversation with the doctor is ridiculous because first the doctor is like, well, that would make your... He says, I won't put this on. You need to put this on if you want to listen to it. The doctor says, well, wouldn't that make your job obsolete? Then they go back and forth and he talks about how disrespectful towards, like, women and the, like, African-American community in general. Yeah, how he feels offended, like, by people listening to it. Um, And then the doctor just goes, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Especially because, like, he spends part of most of the argument being, like, you can't be serious. Just because one million people buy this doesn't mean all one million of them hate women. And then John is like... No, they do. And he's like, yeah, you're right. They do Do all hate women. And all of a sudden, this doctor is completely reformed, and he's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, I was working hard. I'm working hard as a doctor. I've got, not gotten a lot of sleep. I'm clearly not thinking correctly. You're right. I shouldn't be listening to this. And that's it. So after that, um, we see Priscilla, who overheard this whole thing. So Priscilla is a new character. Priscilla Carter. Yeah. She is a volunteer at the hospital, and she is so taken by uh, John's bravery and the fact that he just stood up to the doctor like that, even if he was going to lose his job. Um, that she wants to get a cup of coffee with him. So he's all jazzed about that. Um, the next thing we really have is, I think, so Annie's ultimatum is basically, I want to talk to Norton or like the like something about Norton having to apologize. Yeah, she wants to go talk to Norton and Norton's mother. Um, so Simon's like, he l- let me take care of it. Let me talk to Norton, but let me talk to Norton with Matt at Matt's apartment. So it's a guy thing, and so he is, so Norton doesn't feel like he's being like attacked. 
at the Camden household. So I, the Rev and Annie are like, fine. Um, and I think that takes us to Matt's, Matt's apartment. apartment. So since Matt is like facilitating this entire, I don't know, peace uh, summit. <laughs> the peace summit. <laughs> the peace okay. summit at Matt's apartment. He then gives Simon basically the same talk that everybody else has been giving him about how he doesn't understand the point of how the music um, kind of permeates the consciousness of, of the society and how that it doesn't matter if, if you are, are, I don't know, kind of consciously making the decision to hate women or whatever, because when you listen to the music, it normalizes like certain things and wor- like words and things like that. So um, Simon's still not getting it. Matt is frustrated. Um, John comes home and tells them that he met the woman of his dreams, who is Priscilla. And then they realize, oh, John forgets to tell Matt that um, Heather is supposed to be coming at seven o'clock. And Simon's like, oh, no, Norton is coming over at seven o'clock, too. Then they all take out their watches and Matt has a A pocket pocket watch. watch. Um, And they see that it is seven o'clock and they all run downstairs. And who is there but... Norton and and all of the other like kitties that are with him, and uh, Heather has Norton in like. Wait, we should describe this like how it happens because there. So we have Heather in the circle of people, and all we hear is Heather struggling, and that. So you're thinking that like they're overpowering Heather, but then like the circle opens up, and you see that she has. She's Norton. like restraining Norton. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, you said that this is probably the best moment of Heather in this entire series, and I got to agree with you. Yeah. Um, so then, like, Norton starts to... when Heather lets him go, and then he starts to run away, and Simon runs and tackles him um, and starts screaming at him, and he's like, you have to apologize to my mom and my sister, and also Heather. You, like, she's like, why did you do that to to her? She Apparently, when she parked the car and she got out of the car, they, like, came at her or started touching her clothes, like, started saying things to her, but obviously because Heather's deaf, she didn't... Like, she She was, like, more surprised than... Um, like a, a hearing person would be, even like though, just, like no yeah. matter what this, like the yeah, it would be alarming no matter what. But um, uh, yeah, but then Simon's like, she's deaf. Like, why did you do that? And he's like, oh, we didn't know. And he was like, well, you knew she was a person, didn't you? Um, which again, because I, I was like, that's really missing the point. Like, oh, you know, she's deaf. Like, the, it doesn't matter. They shouldn't do that to anyone. Then the cops show up, and surprisingly, it's not Sergeant Michaels. Um, and Norton tries to like get away with saying, "Oh, they attacked me," but apparently, one of the neighbors videotaped it. And it's a female op- officer who like um, takes in. I think Norton. that's why it wasn't Sergeant yeah. Michaels. They wanted to have a like a female officer. Uh, and that, and that, I think that we have a conversation between John and Simon on the sidewalk, where again, just harping on the same points over and over again. Um, And then a conversation between Annie and Simon in the car where Simon's basically like, I'm just afraid now that you won't ever respect me as a man because I acted like such a child. Yeah. And, yeah, that's... End... Episode. Episode. So, I'm giving it a 4.5. Okay. I'm giving this a 6. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. A six. <laughs> a six. Okay. Um, so for all of our incredible fashion moments and things that occurred during this episode, particularly Ruthie's uh, concert outfit, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Camden Cash Show. 
Um, you can follow us or like us on Facebook. It's just Camden Cast. Um, and you can listen um, on soundcloud.com slash camdencast or the Apple iTunes podcast app. Come at you every Wednesday and Saturday. I'm Tamby. I'm Eric. And this is Camden Cast.